0: Hello and welcome to the Hospital Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gil Peratt. Today we are talking preoperative pulmonary medicine. As usual, I have no conflicts to report. Who gets postoperative pulmonary complications? Mostly those undergoing upper abdominal and thoracic surgeries. Other risk factors include obese patients who are at risk for pulmonary complications, as well as other risks like wound infections. Sputum production is an issue. There was a study in the journal Chest, and this was published back in August of 1979, and the author stated, the volume of sputum was a valuable predictor, and patients who had a daily quantity that exceeded 2 ounces were at increased risk of postoperative respiratory difficulty. And then we all know that smoking is indeed a risk factor for postoperative pulmonary complications. They say smoking is also one of the leading causes of statistics, and I'll be sharing some of those today. Um, As a result of being one of the leading causes of statistics, we are gathering data as to whether or not patients should quit smoking preoperatively. Your intuition may say, of course they should, but the issue is not so black and white. Certainly, it would be hard to recommend to continue smoking as a doctor given that cigarettes are a consumer product. When used as directed, they kill you. Um, But again, this issue is far from totally clear as to when patients should quit smoking before surgery. The answers seem to depend on how soon the surgery is and how elective it is. There seems to also be some difference in opinion about these issues out there, as there always is. I came across the following advice in the 2009 MIX app. That's the Medical Knowledge Self-Assessment Program put out by the American College of Physicians. And if you look at the General Internal Medicine MIX app on page 132, it says, Smoking cessation more than 8 weeks before surgery improves pulmonary function and may decrease complications. However, stopping shortly before surgery does not prevent pulmonary complications, and controversy exists that it may increase the risk of complications. What do they mean by stopping shortly before surgery? And does stopping shortly before surgery really increase your risk of pulmonary complications? Unfortunately, there is no reference provided for that opinion, so I had to do some searching on my own. My guess is that the opinion may have been partly derived from a study looking at this issue in coronary artery bypass patients from the journal Mayo Clinic Proceedings in 1989, and the title of one of the studies then was The Role of Preoperative Cessation of Smoking and Other Factors in Postoperative Pulmonary Complications a blinded prospective study of coronary artery bypass patients. And what they found was this. Patients who had stopped smoking for less than two months had a lung complication rate of 57%, so really high. Patients who stopped smoking for more than two months dropped their lung complication rate and pulmonary complication rate down to 14%. Interestingly, non-smokers and those who had quit for more than six months Both had the same complication rate from a pulmonary standpoint, which was 11%. Again, let's go back to the comment from Chest in 1979. Could the increase in sputum production, such as in quitting smokers, cause adverse outcomes? Perhaps. There is also some data that quitting smoking increases common cold symptoms and mouth sores for a few weeks. Now, interesting, at least to me, is that depletion in secretory immunoglobulin A has been observed in studies, and I will refer you listeners to a study in the journal called Psychoneuroendocrinology in 2004, and the title of that study is Acute Reduction in Secretory Immunoglobulin A Following Smoking Cessation. The authors postulated, and I'll quote them, the observed decrease in secretory immunoglobulin A may help to explain the increased susceptibility of smokers to upper respiratory tract infections in the immediate post-cessation period. So again, maybe putting the body in additional physical withdrawal stress, looks like immunologic stress, psychological withdrawal stress, perhaps that's not ideal at the time of surgery Some people actually also develop depression when quitting cigarettes, and I have yet to see a patient do better with an illness or injury in the setting of depression. That all being said, let's not rely solely on the single study of coronary artery bypass patients to make major recommendations. Let's try and find a bit more data. And from The Lancet in January 2002, we have some data. There is a study called... Effect of Preoperative Smoking Intervention on Postoperative Complications, a Randomized Clinical Trial. Ever notice how the British spell randomized with an S instead of a Z? It's kind of like when they say uh, capillaries instead of capillaries, but anyway. The author's interpretation was this, quote, An effective smoking intervention program six to eight weeks before surgery, reduces postoperative morbidity, and we recommend, on the basis of our results, this program be adopted, end of quote. And the overall complication rate was 18% in the smoking intervention group and 52% in the controls that didn't quit smoking. The most significant effect of interventions were seen in relation to wound-related complications, complications. cardiovascular complications, and the median length of stay was 11 days in the intervention group and 13 days, so two days longer, in the group that did not get the smoking cessation intervention. Maybe not such a subtle point is that first study I talked about was talking about pulmonary and lung complications in smokers, and this study now is talking about wound complications, cardiovascular complications. So I think looking at just pulmonary complications may be a bit short-sighted in smokers. Let's look at another study. This one's called The Effects of a Perioperative Smoking Cessation Intervention on Postoperative Complications, a Randomized Trial. And this is from the annals of surgery in November of 2008, so fairly recent. And these were orthopedic and general surgery patients, so they are different from coronary artery bypass patients. And their conclusion was this. Perioperative smoking cessation seems to be an effective tool to reduce postoperative complications, even if it is introduced as late as four weeks before surgery. So now we're starting to cut down that time from eight weeks down to four weeks, that we were talking about earlier. The Annals of Internal Medicine, they have a great series. It's called In the Clinic, and they printed one on July of 2009 that talks about preoperative medicine. And I'll quote that Although earlier studies found that the risk of pulmonary complications is reduced after only eight weeks of abstinence from tobacco, more recent evidence suggests that cessation, even four weeks before surgery, significantly decreases perioperative complications. So what do we do when we're going to hold off on surgery for a week or two and we're going to have that patient come back to the hospital? Let's say someone who has a non-urgent gallbladder that you found in the hospital that's been causing pain but can wait two weeks and we can hold their Plavix for a week or two so they can get the surgery done. If the surgery is less than a month away, either delay the surgery longer to allow for a longer interval smoking cessation period. I doubt that practically is going to happen, but some people are recommending that. Or ignore the topic of smoking cessation during that visit since there's a chance that quitting may actually cause them harm. That advice, like all advice, is subject to change in the future. Again, with a reminder that the strongest predictors of pulmonary complications postoperatively is the type of surgery, and intrathoracic and upper abdominal procedures have the greatest risk, particularly if they're long procedures, greater than three hours really increases that risk. And with these operations, you can reduce the FEV1. Again, that's the forced expiratory volume in one second. You can reduce the FEV1 by about So that is a major decrease in your pulmonary functioning. But if you're doing something like knee surgery or something that doesn't affect the upper abdomen or the chest, you are not going to reduce that FEV1. And so you don't have to worry as much about pulmonary complications, even though if the patient has pulmonary disease or is a smoker, you still want to be on a lookout for it. While on the topic of FEV1 and pulmonary function testing, let's talk for a second about spirometry. And most sources you read on this will agree that preoperative spirometry does not add a lot to predicting postoperative pulmonary complications. If you're going to be doing something very specialized like lung resection surgery, those are the people you want to do preoperative spirometry on, but in general, it's not going to change management for most people. An exception may be if you think someone may have COPD that's undiagnosed, maybe a good time to do it before the surgery and before things are messed up like their FEV1 baseline. What about preoperative chest x-rays? Interestingly, there are some populations where there is evidence that test can be helpful, and I will go back to quoting the In the Clinic article from the Annals of Internal Medicine, and what they say is, preoperative chest radiography should be routine in all patients older than the age of 50 who are undergoing major surgery. One of the major principles in preoperative testing is, is that test going to change what you do, or is it going to identify someone at such severe risk that you wouldn't even do the surgery? is the preoperative testing going to change management and interventions? And again, with most preoperative chest x-rays, the answer is going to be no in a healthy population, but you might find something in the over 50 population about to undergo major surgery. You know, the same thing can be said with spirometry testing. There is evidence that those patients who have an FEV1 of less than 500 milliliters appear to be at particularly high risk for surgery. Again, the issue being that you can mostly look at these patients, examine them, talk to them, know what their exercise tolerance is by history, and know that without doing an FEV1 preoperatively. But if you're unsure, it may be reasonable in certain cases to do some spirometry. One tip that you can learn about preoperative medicine that relates to the postoperative period is that of incentive spirometry, which reduces the risk of postoperative pneumonia and even reduces lengths of stays in the hospital. And the tip is this begin it preoperatively. If you start one to two days before surgery, one, the patient has learned the technique. Maybe there is a small benefit of opening up those lungs before surgery. Who knows? But either way, it's something that they will be able to do easier postoperatively. And this is a really good thing, particularly for patients undergoing upper abdominal surgery. Some people are starting to use CPAP or continuous positive airway pressure for post-operative issues like reducing pneumonia and shortening length of stays with the same idea behind incentive spirometry. It's expensive. I think that it's going to be hard to replace incentive spirometry with CPAP. But if there is somebody that's refusing to use incentive spirometry or just can't do it effectively, sometimes that is an alternative to consider. In the journal Intensive Care Medicine in 1993, starting on page 294, they looked at three different mask physiotherapy regimens for prevention of postoperative pulmonary complications after heart and pulmonary surgery and the conclusion was that they all seem to work whether you use CPAP or positive expiratory pressure or inspiratory resistance positive expiratory pressure and they all help to prevent postoperative complications so use any of those three and there probably isn't much of a difference. All right, you've been listening to the Hospital Medicine Podcast with Dr. Gil Peratt. Please do go to iTunes and click a rating or even better, give a review and have a great day.